0: Postpartum and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Hello. I took a long and needed break in order to go through an internal transformation and receive my third book. So I am the author of two books Mystical Motherhood, which was written under Chelsea Wiley, and Fertile, which is available on Amazon and was written under my name, Pritam Atma. Both of these are available on mysticalmotherhood.com. And they're very amazing books to help you through your transition into awakening and especially into motherhood. But today I want to focus on relationships and how relationships are a mirror to our own consciousness and oftentimes how we attract or continue to accept toxic men is actually a representation of what we will allow or accept within ourselves. And so I want to give you some insights and some resources to help you transition into healthier relationships. I hope you enjoy. I took a long break from the Mystical Motherhood podcast as because I went down to Colombia with a group of people most recently and a couple of months ago I guess around August and in this field of energy we worked on opening the heart chakra for ourselves and for for you know humanity I don't know if it's working but it sure worked on me so I'm I know that it's helping a lot of people out there with all the energetic work we did and while I was there I was finishing a heartbreak that I was going through. And part of my heartbreak was to look at, to look at my original wounds. And so for, in order for us to transition on this earth into a more awakened society, we have to move deeply into our heart center, not in our mind. So, you know, when you're in your mind, you are creating stories, you're in fear, your mind is running, you're, you're you're not in your truth. You're in a non-reality. So my teacher, Guru Jagat says, a reality gives you energy. And you know, you're in a non-reality when you're not making energy, when you're not creating a force of energy. So the uh, non-reality is often created from the mind, but getting into the heart center is really, really difficult when we have an extensive amount of pain inside of us. And for most of us, 90% of our problems are created from our mom and dad. And then also those issues go into our relationships with specifically if you're dating a man into a relationship with a man. And so I really want to talk about how oftentimes the dynamic between males and females play out and how some women tend to go towards toxic men and with the hopes that they can change them with the hopes that one day they'll change or that they'll become a different person. And I'm going to give you some amazing books that you should read if you feel like you're in this situation right now, because I know that many of my clients and many of my patients at the clinic I work at come in and they spend way too many years with a man that isn't healthy. And that in, and that in itself is a representation of what's really going on inside of you and and the ability for you to love yourself. And it also goes back into the heart of the original wound. And so I'm going to give myself an example. So I didn't have a father that was present in my life. And so I consistently look to men for that sense of love and belonging. And a lot of us do that. A lot of women do that. So you may see it in many of your life's this pattern. You may not, and that's okay. Other, my other podcasts probably cover different patterns for almost every single thing that's occurring in your consciousness, maybe, but this one is specific about the relationships. So what I tend to see with a lot of women and also with myself is that women have a tendency to over love. And so they provide, they overextend themselves and they overdo for people. With the hopes of receiving. And I had one client actually just today say, Well, you know, when I overgive like that and when I overlove, isn't that just unconditional love? And I replied, No, because you're expecting something back. And unconditional love never expects anything back. And so when we are chasing after men that are essentially unavailable to provide that love back to us, because either they're numbed out, they're addicted to, to drugs, um, they're addicted to working, you know, 80 hours a week. They are um, in other relationships, either they're married or, or they are you know in love with something outside of them. So when we are chasing a man like that, and hoping that that man will change, and hoping that he'll become un-numb or become present in some way. We're tricking ourselves because he won't. And then, and so women, I feel like what I see with a patterns of the women that I work with is they chase this dream of love in or, and only receive crumbs in return. And so it becomes so we can get mad at men for being addicted to let's say marijuana or addicted to their work or addicted to their, you know, their dreams or goals. And that's what men tend to do. Men tend to, instead of going into their own trauma or into their own pain, they go deeply into their work or they go deeply into their video games or they go deeply into, um, you know, maybe a sport or something outside of them. So they just avoid their own inner pain by going deeply into this, this other object. And we think they're so negative or we, you know, we don't like we, women tend to say there's something wrong with that. But what we don't see in ourselves is that we are actually addicted to the process of loving them. And in that, in our own addiction to the process of loving these types of men, we lose our own power. And so since I've returned from Columbia and taken a break from this podcast, I have cultivated an internal power of looking at all the places where I extend my love into toxic environments and bringing it back into myself and seeing how we do this by through our relationships specifically with the other sex. And so in this process of recognizing these patterns, And reading different resources, I have found my third book has been coming through, which will be more about relationships and how to cultivate that within the family dynamic in order to have a healthy and holy and sacred relationship, which isn't involved in these, you know, toxic, toxic underlying subconscious programs. What I started talking about in this podcast is basically a representation of the unavailable man. And so the unavailable man, what, we were, what I was saying is, is constantly working, is in another relationship, obsessed with something outside of himself. There's also other types of men. And I read a book that I think all of you need to get right now. Write this down, please, and give it to your friends. Because even if you're not a part of this, I promise you, you know someone who is. And the book is called How to Spot a Dangerous Man Before You Get Involved it's by Sandra L. Brown. And so Sandra L. Brown made so many things clear for me about my own patterns of att- to, uh, being attracted to men that are not necessarily healthy for myself. And even though it may look on the outside as being healthy, it really isn't healthy. And so if I'm attracting that, I need to take my, I need to take a look at my own self and why I'm actually attracting that in my life. And while you're in it, you may not even know it's unhealthy. So you you may not you may be in a relationship for you know ten years and be like, well, I thought that was healthy. And then you leave it and you see all the unhealthy patterns that you had allowed. And that's okay. That's okay because your consciousness wasn't necessarily ready to make those changes to even see it's unhealthy. And so a part of awakening. Is, is to look at how you allow unhealthy relationships to happen around you. Because it, it has nothing to do with that person. You cannot blame or project onto another person what their issues are. You have to look at why you created it in the first place. Because we're all creators of our own reality. And most of us are creating a real reality that is based upon what we own, what we know growing up, and so if you had a, a distracted mother or a distracted father, you're going to recreate that. If you didn't, were not shown love or not shown emotional, um, ex, you know, emotional acceptance, you're going to re- recreate that relationship in your own relationship without even knowing. It happened, and you're, and if you try to jump ship from one relationship into another relationship without really going inside of yourself, you're going to recreate the same thing over and over again. It's it's absolutely kind of amazing how we do that. So again, this book is called How to Spot a Dangerous Man Before You Get Involved. So Sandra Brown actually says that the unavailable man, who tends to be my my favorite my favorite one, is. Um, not the not the scariest. And so she discusses these different men to a T, describes them. So in each of these different chapters, which I'm going to go through one. She disguised, disguised she worked with, you know, th- I don't know, many, many women and has worked with actually the men too, and really gotten a psychology down to, as to the type of woman that these men look for. And then also the type of um, men that these, you know, the type of men and why they are dangerous, and how you can actually spot them before they come in. So you don't, you can say, oh, nope, 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 that's a red flag, I'm out. So that you don't waste your time, you know, repeating the same relationship over and over, and you can begin to elevate yourself to get out. Um, a lot of times, dangerous men will go for women that are right out of a divorce. Uh, women that are weak, women that have low self-esteem, women that have children are a big one for men that are, you know, toxic or women that are, you know, don't know, don't have their own sense, their own self-love or, you know, didn't necessarily have a good father figure. These are typical red flags for the woman to look at within herself. The better that you know yourself and the better that you understand your own internal Need for love, so to to be loved so deeply that you can attract a man like this. The um, the faster you'll get out of the relationship, and the faster you'll attract a relationship that's more aligned in a deep, deep love um, that's real and that's grounded and that's profound. And so, some the different chapters I'm gonna go, that she speaks about, I'm gonna go through each of these men in, um, specifically. But she talks about. These different types of dangerous men. One is the permanent clinger. The next one is the parental seeker. The next one is the emotionally unavailable man. The next one is the man with the hidden life. Another is uh, the mentally ill man. Another man that's a toxic man to date is the addict, someone who's a party boy, who has addictions um, to a anything really. Then there's the abusive or violent man. Obviously, this is the most common one we hear in the worst situations. And then there's the absolute worst, which is the emotional predator. And these ones are the the high level of psychopath um, on the planet. So I'm going to go into each one of these really quickly. And I bet you, you, or it's always easier to talk about this with someone outside of ourselves, you know a woman who's dating a man like this. And it's really easy to say, Oh, she should get out of that relationship. But what she needs to do is really look inside of herself and see why she's allowing it to be around her. So the permanent clinger, she calls him Alan. Adoration turned to suffocation. And so what the permanent clinger is, is a. At first, they come off as a man that you know is showing love. They want to be around you. They um, give you attention. They're always texting back. They write you consistently. And you think, God, this is lovely. And then, then you realize they don't have any friends, which is a, a man who doesn't have any friends is a red flag. And if he doesn't have anyone to hang out with on the weekends right there, that's not a good, healthy thing. And if his friends are, you know, if he doesn't, if his friends are bartenders or his friends are, you know, just like a... Not real, like there's no one really for him to call or their you know acquaintances on Facebook or something. that's not healthy. So these clingers will find a woman that they can vicariously live through. and so if you start to be taken away from your own life or you start to be I guess. You you give yourself up for this man. He's a clinger, and and it gets to the point of suffi- suffocation, of not you know having any separation, and and the, it's complete codependency. That's a, a massive karmic relationship, and it's not healthy. So the next one is the parental seeker. And so the parental seeker is, is a man that needs to be taken care of. They need to be, they're probably stuck at a certain age, maybe 8 to 12 years old, and they need a mother. And so they, you, they may not do their dishes. They may not know how to take the garbage out. They may not have a basic understanding of how to take care of themselves. Um, if you have children, she says that they'll often play video games with your children and you'll find yourself taking care of a third child. And so the mother in you, or the woman that t- the type of woman that does this, is is doesn't really want a grown up man. And so that type of woman has to look where where she's stuck at what age she's stuck at that she can you know want to take care of a man that's not capable of you know taking care of themselves. And so parental secret probably wouldn't be uncommon for them to be bad with money, or for them to be irresponsible, or for them to just really act like a child. And so if a man doesn't know how to take care of his environment or or constantly is asking you to do that, uh that's not okay. So then again, we started with the emotionally basically this podcast with the emotionally unavailable man, and the emotionally unavailable man is someone who's constantly working, someone who this would be, you know, let's say you're dating a resident right out of school, and and he comes off as like, well, he's a resident, he's a doctor. Well, no, he's not available. He's not going to give you any love. Another example would be a man who is in a relationship or who's married to another woman, and you think that, that, that one day he'll leave. He's not going to leave. And so if you know somebody who's doing that, that's a really toxic, toxic thing to do. And so emotionally unavailable men will always put something else ahead of you. And you'll always have to be waiting for their attention. And so they seek a specific type of woman who with a low self-esteem or someone who is willing to consistently give them love without really questioning them. The man with the hidden life. So now we're getting into a bit more psychopathic men. So um, a man with a hidden life is, is actually... So she calls them... Um, a lot of these men that are. she talks about in this book... Are actually hitting more than one category. And if you're hitting more than one category, you probably have a personality disorder of some sort, or you, or if if you know, if this is sounding kind of familiar to you and you're met, ma- you have a man that's kind of like immature and maybe he has a hidden life, he's a little bit unavailable. He's hitting that predator area. And we're gonna get into the predator soon. But the man with the hidden life is somebody who has a lot of secrets and somebody who takes a lot of energy to hide these secrets. So this man will lie and that and the and the lying becomes so familiar and so normal to him that he covers up lies with lies with lies and so the lies will be about finances the lies will maybe about um oh god name it about gambling about sex addictions about um you know predator behaviors like you know just obsessions with different things and so they the lies, you have to be, if you are naive and you lack intuition, you may attract a man that has this hidden life because you don't question him. So it's, it's normal to question a man when the stories don't add up. So if you, if your intuition is saying, no, that doesn't sound right, you're probably right. And so she, she tracks all these men, these types of men back to the different types of fathers that they had. And if you are dating a man with a hidden life, and a hidden life would be like they um, typically cheat on their wife. So, anyone who, any man in the past that has cheated on their wife is a red, a red flag because he's going to cheat on you. Not an if, it's most likely he will. And because they don't know how to necessarily stop that, there's a predator behavior with it. So, hidden life can also be financial. And again, the gambling, sex addiction, drug addiction, its all can be kept in secret. And that's when you get the combo pack man. So the man with a hidden life typically has a father who was probably put in jail, a father who was a felon, a father who also created a hidden life. And um, it was almost appropriate to be sort of delinquent or felon-like. The unavailable man, on the other hand, um, the emotionally unavailable man tends to have an alcoholic father. They tend to have a father that overworked, and um, so they didn't have a father that showed them how to be emotionally there, right? So then Sandra goes into the mentally ill man, and the mentally ill man can be categorized as obviously the bipolar type of individual narcissistic personality disorder, which is really common. So that would be somebody who is really grandiose, who has a, who may think they're Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, somebody who is, thinks that they're entitled to more than they, uh, you know, should get in life and that th- those kind of belief systems are are not obviously appropriate. So there's also the antisocial personality disorder and there's all these different personality disorders, which she goes into deeply in this book. She talks about the addict. So this would be a party boy. They come off as really, really fun in the beginning. Um, but then you find out that they're addicted to things and that addiction, you know, is, you know, drug and alcohol. Some, if you're, if you're dating a man and he's on drugs, that's a massive red flag and it's not okay for, for you to be with a man on drugs and you need to look at why you're with somebody who is capable of numbing themselves out like that because if you're surrounded by somebody who's numbing themselves out you're numbed out period and you don't want to look at your own your own ability to actually numb yourself out from your own em- emotions and you know addictions can go into sexual addictions and um and then also this can also turn to abuse abuse when you're with somebody who drinks a lot or somebody who does a lot of drugs and that's the next step up is the abusive or violent man and we don't necessarily need to go into that because that seems to be a huge issue on our in our world and a very talked about issue but there's the emotional abuse there's lack of love which is is actually a, a abuse in itself and the physical abuse and and even our ability to even allow that or know someone who's in that kind of relationship, it's scary. And so then there's the last type of man she speaks about, and that's the emotional predator. And these type of men are hunters. And so basically they find a woman that they want something from, and that these it can get as bad as they want to, you know, get to know your children. Because they're a predator towards children, they could want your money because they actually don't have any of their own. They could want you as a trophy wife. So a lot of these men just say, "Well, she's a pretty woman. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to marry her, but then I'll cheat on her," and that's a predator. And so. A predator tends to be, according to Sandra, a combo pack of all of the below or everything I've just spoken about. So they, they, could, have a, they could be all of these things and you wouldn't necessarily know it because they hide it. And also a predator is a chameleon. And they can be anything they want to anybody they're around and they, they have a shape-shifting energy. So um, they have the ability to change their smell. That's one thing about a predator you should know. If like, if you're ever with a man and he doesn't smell right to you, get away from him. That's your instincts. You are a feminine creature. And and smell, touch, taste, sound. Your senses need to be turned on. And if you hear immediately trauma, any fear, you it, there is a tendency for your body to immediately know what's safe and what's not safe. And so then we create our heart knows, and then our mind creates stories over our our own knowing sense. And so with these predators or with these men that are like, you know, full of trauma, um, you need to catch yourself before you get into it. The predator knows how to switch as like a chameleon. They know how to be anything they want to anybody. They also have a tendency to listen. So she says that if don't in a relationship if if the man is sitting there and and you are telling they're finally they're finally you finally feel heard and you start to tell them a lot of things and you give up all the information what they do with that is they 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 ask you a lot of questions it seems really intuitive you think oh god this man's so in touch he's listening to me finally someone's listening to me what he's doing is he's reading you And he's creating a template of what the kind of man that he, the the spaces that he needs to fill in order for you to be fulfilled in the relationship. And he'll become that. And so he'll, he'll create his chameleon ability will create, um, a persona to become what you think you need, and to fill in those needs, and oftentimes these predators will go for women at the weakest state. So somebody out of divorce, somebody who's in a, just got out of an abusive relationship, somebody who um, who doesn't have help with their children. Those are the type of um, you know somebody who was with a man like. A weaker man, uh, somebody who's just in general in a weak state in their life, that's when you know that you're at a susceptible spot to be taken advantage of. And they usually want something from you and it doesn't necessarily end well. So um, any anybody that you know that it might be in one of these kind of relationships, you need to give them this book. And you also need to look at yourself if you are, you know, in a relationship with a man that you're constantly providing the love or you're constantly having, having to question your reality. And so one thing that a predator will often do is gaslight. And I actually didn't know what gaslighting was recent, until recently. I had to read about it is gaslighting is when you know something's off and you begin to question the other person, and also oftentimes, this is with a narcissistic personality disorder. But you begin to question your own sanity, so you know you intuitively feel like someone's lying, or you intuitively feel like somebody is um, just not telling you the truth, something's off, and you question them, or you say, I, or you, or you even show your feelings, or you tell, you know, you, you, you want to have a communication. So these men that are these Thai type of predators, they're going to make you feel like you're the crazy one. And they often use language as a, a manipulation tool because they, their language, actually she talks about it in the book, they don't have the same brain. Their brains aren't wired the same as, let's say, a normal man because of their childhood trauma. Their brains are wired differently, and as a result of that, their brain and their communication is wild, wired differently, making them almost a bit psychotic. And so, they they use language to overtalk you, and then those words will make you feel like you're crazy, like nothing you're saying is real, or like if you say this is a lie or this doesn't add up, the story doesn't make sense, or can you tell me the truth or Or this is what I'm feeling and they make it feel like it's you and they have words and they kind of parrot back words to you or they, like uh, some things they may do is, is they repeat words back to you. They use their hands to show emotion. They, uh, they can't really convey true emotion. They just use a lot of words to make you feel confused. That's a red flag. And that's a brain chemistry and neural connection issue within them and not within you necessarily. It most, some of the time you may also have, if you're attracting this, you may have some sort of a mental disability, but oftentimes it's an emotional disability and it's because of where you grew up and and what you're used to and the type of men that you've been around. So knowing all of this, how do we know when we're in a healthy relationship And what's healthy versus what's not healthy. So if we don't really have a reference point, we've got to know what's healthy and what's not healthy. So what is healthy? Open and honest communication and having open conversations. That's healthy. What's not healthy is game playing or manipulative communication is what I was just talking about is making you feel like you've done something wrong or talking over you or using words to to disempower your own emotional field. Um, it's healthy to have friends outside of a relationship. If there's few friendships outside other than the romantic partner, that's unhealthy. It's healthy to take responsibility for your own life and the outcome of your life financially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. If somebody is making you responsible for their own happiness, that's not a healthy relationship. If you have your own, own identity, this is healthy. Feeling if you feel complete only with someone else, if you feel happy only in another relationship with another, that's codependency. And, and, it's, and it's not a healthy state to be in. So needing a man to make you feel healthy in yourself, that's codependency. And it's not a good thing. And either should that be for a man. So a man that's too needy or um, clingy, the clingy man, that's, a, that's incredibly scary and that man that man has has no boundaries so you need to make sure you balance time between being together and being apart if you're together too much that's very that can also be scary so you need to have emotional intimacy that isn't built on alcohol or drugs. So if you're being intimate with somebody, it's not, if you're going on dates, it can't just be when you're drinking. It shouldn't just be, you know, connected to a lot of us have friendships and relationships based on alcohol. And that's not necessarily real intimacy. Appropriate level of um, commitment in the relationship. And this is all from Sandra's book, all right? So this is just different points from her book. This isn't my own thoughts. This whole podcast is really about honoring her work, just so you all know. So I, I get just again to get this book. So you need to have appropriate level of commitment in the relationship. So um, ask men, how many relationships have they been in? And how often are they changing relationships? If a man is jumping from woman to woman, or constantly needs to keep in contact with his old girlfriends, or acquaintances on Facebook, or is, you know, that's not healthy. That's not normal, necessarily. You need to question that. Uh, having flexibility in the relationship is really, really important. Knowing your own needs and then asking for what you need and being received in that is is really, really important. If a man doesn't respect your time of being alone, that's a red flag. If he pushes to see you all the time, you need to tell him to back off. If he discourages any outside interests, like your family or your friends, that's another red flag. Um, if he's asking you to do things that you're uncomfortable with, like lying, or if you have to lend him money, or if some, you know, he's broke or you're paying for him all the time, um, that's another thing you might not be comfortable with. You have to not just not just push these things away. If he's using any drugs, any kind of drug use is a massive red flag. Uses alcohol too frequently or it's abundant. If he's frequently unemployed, okay, so a man who's jumping ship from every job is emotionally and something is internally ne- wrong. So you need to look at the resume. How long are they in these jobs? How many relationships they have? Do they jump from relationship to relationship to relationship? That means they are not happy within themselves if that's happening. Like having, a long, having the ability to be in a long-term relationship is even is, is such and, – and to be in a you know, committed long-term relationship is a gem, And so ask, like, why, what worked in your past relationships? What's working, you know, now? If he wants to control how you dress, your hair, your behavior, who you see, your types of jobs, or even your spirituality, uh, that's another red flag. If he wants you to quit or change your jobs to be around him, not not a good thing. Does he have, you know, back to having multiple unsuccessful relationships, Multiple unsuccessful relationships and or cheating on your wife is A, not healthy. It's not okay. It's not appropriate. If he has a sexually transmitted disease, why? Why? Where did he get that from? Why is he passing it around? If he conceals important information about himself and you only discover it later, that's massive red flag. That's a hidden life. And if somebody can't be communicative and talk about themselves, they're not really who they say they are. They have a persona of what they want you to see in order to get you. And they're showing you a chameleon. So they're not going, they're, they're wearing a mask and that's a form of psychopath, psychopathy. Um, the, a psychology, you really need to look in, you know, internally at yourself is why that's around you. And also what's going on with them. If they're physically, emotionally, verbally, or sexually rough or weird, that's a red flag. So any sort of odd sexual behavior that they ask you to do that you don't feel comfortable with or words they're using or something that just feels off, note it. If he's too charming and he asks you too many questions up at front or he lets you do all the talking or somehow he knows all the right lines or he's excessively smooth, watch it. If he has a history of previous diagnosis of mentally illness, so she diagnos- she says mental illness is the following, untreated depression, anxiety, so if he ac- appears keyed up, like always on, on, on the angst, that's a form of mental illness, a bipolar disorder, so that would be manic depression that's untreated or sporadically treated, contact disorder or antisocial personality disorder, schizophrenia, narcissistic personality disorder, substance abuse, um which is an unsuccessfully treated and post traumatic stress syndrome. And that's those are real. Those are real issues, okay? If he has a criminal record, if he has any, you know, assaults, batteries, sexual offenses, um speeding violations, get out. Has a deadbeat dad. That's one thing I think I mentioned before, but if you are with a man what is his father like? How, what is his relationship with his mother? Is he talked to her? Is he good to her? What, what, how did he grow up? What kind of family did he grow up in? Um, was this, did his a deadbeat dad is some dad who's in jail, not around, um, doesn't love him, doesn't show him how to be financially secure, doesn't give him a template of what it means to be a man. That's a red flag. And there's a difference between, you know, if they don't have the skills or the know-how to get out of that, they're going to repeat it. Um, They just don't have, men don't have the same flexibility as women or the same, you know, maturity level really to be able to, to get out of that kind of, you know, learned behavior. So if he is inflexible and it stresses him to, you know, get out of spontaneous, you know, spontaneous requests, that's another red flag. Um if he feels special or unique, that's a big one. So if you're with a man that, you know, with grandiose opinions of himself, so maybe he thinks he's, you know, Christ, or he is, is something bigger than, than he really is. He's not. And so, don't let those grant you know those visions of who he thinks he is like take over the reality i mean of what is really happening and i was working with somebody and i was saying how we live with this we all live in a sense of ignorance and when we begin to to lift our ignorance we begin to see all the issues in our life that are creating chaos and so if you're in an unhealthy relationship and and you know someone or you're with somebody who meets any of these categories, you need to pay heed. And again, you need to look at the reasons and the reasons you attracted it and why it's in your life. And if you're going to continue to allow, allow it to happen. And so if you have had relationships that are unhealthy, I recommend that you take time to yourself to look take time for yourself to look within to find out why you are had that unhealthy relationship and where it stems from in your past. And so that off that goes back to the beginning of the podcast when I when I spoke about the mind and the heart and we attract these types of you know relate these types of at, negative relationships that are on this, the level of toxicity I was talking about today in this podcast isn't for everyone. And it's not all the time. And so if you're trying to manifest a good relationship, obviously do not focus. If you do never, never focus on all the negative, focus on what you learn from the relationship and the good parts about it. So don't, if, if the relationship was, you know, 50% negative and 50% positive, focus on the positive. Write those things down only. Do not focus on the negative qualities of the man or the individual. It's good to know they exist. It's good to know that you don't want to be with it. It's, but then, okay, thank God, you know, and let it go. Let them go. And, and that's the real, real key to moving on and becoming an entirely new human being that's going to be in a healthy relationship is being able to let go of the ones that are not healthy. And so that you can begin to attract what you really want. And you can't know what you really want until you know what you don't want. And that's one of the most important, you know, sentences I think I've ever learned in my whole life. You can't know what you want until you know what you don't want. And another sentence I love is Maya Angelou's quote, which is, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And I'll repeat that again. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Don't ask them to show you 45 more times. Just believe them. If they lie, they're going to lie again. If they are unavailable and they're working a lot, that's what they want to do. So don't be mad at them for being who they are. Just say, Oh, I don't think I want that in my life. I think I've done that before. And I think I'm ready to move on now to something better. I really appreciate, you know, one, two, three, list them out the things that that person taught me and what I experienced. And I, and I'm going to take that and learn from it. And so that I can become better in my next relationship. So, But until there's two things to finish with, I want you to all understand all of these different types of relationship create what Esther Hicks, um, who channels Abraham, calls an escrow. And so an escrow is, let's say, your field or your energetic field or your aura. So your escrow builds through relationships. So even the bad relationships, which the ones I was talking about earlier, are pretty bad. These get as, That's as bad as it gets. And obviously, there's parts of all of our relationships that are bad and good. But with these bad ones, that's okay. At least it's like you now know what you, it gives you a place to expand from. And the only time that expansion won't occur is when you are focused on the negative. You can't expand from the negative. You can expand from the positive. The negative is a a place of protection and it puts you in a certain environment to protect you from expanding. But if you begin to focus on the positive, so with all of these you know, psychopath men, they probably brought you a lot of flowers. They probably, you know, showed you love here and there. Focus on that feeling you had when they did that and then create from there. And also write it down, write down what you liked about your relationships. You can create more of that because whatever you focus your attention on, you create and, and you're going to create more toxicity if you're focusing your attention on the toxicity. That's powerful. And so that you know that you can get out of it. Another thing you need to do is you need to be able to spend time by yourself and be happy in your own love and be happy in who you are. So if you're skipping from relationship to relationship and hoping that you're going to find a change, you are wrong. You will likely come into contact with somebody quite similar to the one before that. And so go through a healing process if you need to and be alone. And, and a lot of men do this too. They skip from relationship to the relationship to relationship. And it's there's no space for these men to grow up and there's no space for us to grow up. So creating the escrow is important. Creating what we want and what we don't want is vital. But also you know, learning from that and saying... Um, okay, I'm attracting what I don't want too much. I think I need to take some time alone so I can figure out what I want. And, and when you and create that deep love inside of yourself, you won't be fiending for that love within a man that can't provide it for you. And I started this podcast with saying, you know, unavailable men and toxic men and the way that they give love, if you're tending to go towards these type of men or men addicted to things, They can't give you the love you're seeking. Only you can give yourself the love you're seeking. And with that, you'll have so much tremendous amount of power that'll put you back on what you're supposed to do here on Earth. And so I had to take a break because I had to get back to what I'm supposed to be doing here on Earth, and that is providing information for so many women on on this planet on a global scale. And I love you all. Please write into mystical Motherhood.com. I do private sessions with women all over the world, and I work in a clinic, in a fertility clinic as a practitioner. I've written two books. My first book, Mystical Motherhood, is written under my name, Chelsea Wiley, and my second book, Fertile, is written under my name, Pritam Atma. Both can be found on the front page of www.mysticalmotherhood.com. The contact form to get a hold of me if you'd like a private session with me is also available on the front of that website. And if you have any questions, again, write in and sending loves and I'll be out with more podcasts as they flow through. Thanks so much.